Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Uh, my name is Chad Ozy, and this is our first episode in the new year of 2022, and looking forward to being with you. In fact, we're going to drop this episode on January 7th. Uh, that's the first full weekend of 2022, so as you're heading to games or as you're doing your off-season prep, uh, this gives you a little something to listen to on this weekend. As always, I am joined uh, by the incomparable Jeff Cross. <laughs> hey, Jeff, how are you doing in 2022? Um, well, Happy New Year, Chad. You as well. Mm. And uh, there have been so many things going on and lots of stuff happening uh, all around us uh, in our local communities, uh, state, nationally, and especially in the world of sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots of things have been going on. And so we thought it would be great to kick off 2022 uh, by talking a little bit about what we what we think 22 is going to bring mm. uh, for all of us and maybe what we hope 2022 is going to bring to a lot of us and uh, how that affects us not only as sports officials, but uh, as employers and employees and spouses and parents and all that. Uh, and then also, how do how do we begin to affect change in the midst of all that? Uh, so, uh, Jeff, let's just kind of start there. Where do uh, uh, where do you hope to see uh, Jeff Cross, the official? What what are some maybe some goals or hopes or dreams that you've got for 2022? Um, that's a good question, Chad. I think you know for 2022, it's it's I don't want to be, I want to take time to not be as hard on myself. Mm. Yeah. I, you know, cause we, we're all pretty difficult, you know, we're, we're our own worst enemy when it comes to that stuff. And, um, 
I really want to work hard on not letting that build momentum. Um, when, when maybe I don't, I don't perform as well, or, you know, I don't, um, uh, be the, be the parent I should be, or, you know, the husband that I should be, you know, I want to be able to say, okay, listen, uh, as I've said in many podcasts before, I have a heartbeat, you know, have blood pumping through me and I'm not a robot, so I'm going to make mistakes and, you know, just, and move forward with those quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, as I've, I've said in many podcasts before, you know, I, I take it to heart when I mess up and I, you know, and I, and I feel horrible for those things and I tend to hang on to them. So I think, and, and I've already worked on that, you know, in ways where, um, you know, to, to decompress after the game and the car ride home, you know, I've taken some of my own advice and, you know, call some people that are non-related to basketball, mm-hmm. call some people and, and talk to them and just like, you know, Hey, yeah, you know, my kid just, you know, played in their first hockey game this year. And, you know, it was exciting to be able to watch him or whatever that is. And, you know, I, I, I call my daughter, I call my son on the way home now, you know, obviously I call my wife, but you know, those kind of things are good. And, you know, I've even, uh, taken that a step further and and this on the weekends I'm thinking okay let's let's have my wife travel with me a little bit you know it's not I tell you what I did it a couple times in the beginning of the year November December there is just a different feeling when you get done with a game and you see someone that has loved you for over 30 years at the hotel waiting you know that like we're getting ready to go off to the next gym or whatever it is next town it's just something different about that. No matter how rough the game is, when you see that person and they're like, hey, you know, good to see you. Can you help me with my bag? You know, that they don't care whether we missed or got a block charge right in the game. They, that, they care, but it means really not a lot to them. Now we're together. This is what I care. The fact that you love me and, and I love you and we can we can capitalize on that. So I think that's... That's probably my biggest thing, you know. Let's let's find ways to not hang on to games as long because we have to go out and referee another one and find find some uh, real joy in other things besides basketball. Well, you know, and, and you brought up this idea that there are there are so many things that we kind of fixate on. There are things that get bigger than maybe what they should be. In fact, we even just talked a few minutes ago before we started recording the podcast that when we begin to overanalyze everything mm-hmm, i mean mm-hmm. we're we're analyzing phone calls texts <laughs> emails you know yeah. we're, we're analyzing the way somebody signs their email right you know yeah and, and making assumptions about things that they may or may not think we had a, a conversation just a little bit ago about uh, a a coach and an official that you know both thought something about the other one that, mm. that neither one were thinking right <laughs> and i think probably because both of them were over analyzing mm-hmm. What was going on? And I think that is a trap that a lot of us fall into mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that is a great perspective as as we hit 22 for all of us to be thinking about how do we how do we not do that? How, how do we begin to take things maybe a little bit more at face value? You know, um, for me to overanalyze something, if I fixate on two wrong calls, then again, I'm not seeing the big picture of how many hundreds of correct calls. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's there. And, and you also mentioned a, a word that I think for those of us in the sports world, we understand within the context of a game. You use the word momentum. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I remember one time I was listening to a, a football game, and uh, I think it was Chris Berman uh, for ESPN back in the day working a, a, a football game, and he said, a Big Mo has joined the other team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. he, has, he has switched sides. Mm-hmm. Talking about momentum, and I've, I've used that, that idea of Big Mo a lot in my life. Um, and, and within a game, for those of us that, that are officials, we can feel it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can feel when the momentum changes. And sometimes you can't point to a moment. And sometimes people, people just don't get it. But when you're an official and you are on the court, you can literally feel something in your gut or moving up your spine or something that just says, whoa, the momentum of this game has mm-hmm. changed. Mm-hmm. But I think you're absolutely right that momentum carries over to us as well. You know, we have a great call. All of a sudden, we flush something from the past, and now Big Mo has joined our team. Mm-hmm. You know? Right, and yeah. We, and now we feel like we can nail every call that's that's coming. Um, I think that those are the kinds of things that we need to be able to identify. So let me ask you this. You know, what does it feel like for you when you feel like you're gaining momentum? Yeah. You know, I'm glad you asked this question because as you were talking about it, I'm trying to process I'm trying to process this scenario of what it feels like and what it um it it when when you have momentum and I and I think of it as even like if I'm driving and I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna stop in 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 sixty minutes to go get some gas, or go to the bathroom, but I feel that momentum. So I want to keep that momentum going. And then I keep on driving. It is, it is imperative that you notice it. And when you notice it, you stay with it because if you stay with it, it's, it's going to be, you know, it'll be pick up even more speed. It'll be going down that hill. Uh, you know, I think when I have good momentum on the floor, when I'm actually refereeing, uh, it's like, I see things happening before they start to happen, or I I can see a play developing five steps prior opposed to two steps prior. Uh-huh. You know those kind of things. When when I don't have good momentum, or I'm you know chasing my tail per se, it's like I feel like my eyes are going everywhere, but I'm not seeing anything. And when I'm not seeing anything, that is really really tough. And now you're trying to catch up. You're like, man, I just want momentum on my side, and really I'm just I'm just hanging on for dear life now. So it's 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 just interesting. When I have momentum on the floor where things are going good, right? I, it's like the shot clock is crystal clear to me. You know, the numbers are crystal clear to me. The the coaches' reactions are all crystal clear to me. And that is all momentum on my, on my side. But I didn't realize until we just started talking about how Am I recognizing that mm. when it's happening? When it's happening, am I recognizing in a situation to where, like, oh, okay, things are going my way here. Mm. They're going my way, and I, now I can walk a little taller, you know, those kind of things. Um, but I don't know how, when it's not going my way, I notice that too. And we've talked about that before in previous podcasts. When things aren't going your way, we've got to have that mistake recovery strategy, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, get back to basics, do something that is going to um, 
get you get momentum back on your side. Mm-hmm. Because if momentum's not on your side as a referee, two things are going to happen. You can't get momentum back because no plays are happening in your area. Mm-hmm. Or every play is going to happen in your area and you can continue to just get pummeled and you know yeah. now you're you know you're buried under the under the hardwood. So um I think I, I that's probably something I'm going to start even be a little bit more attentive to as I'm working. I'm like, man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling, and we, you know, we can help in partners in that situation, in those situations too, where, you know, recognizing that someone's just made a good call mm-hmm. and let's help get momentum on their side. And we see teams do that all the time, right? Kid misses a free throw. They still high five them. Hey, mm-hmm. it's all right. You know, we're still behind you. And, you know, not that we do that, but, when we see a good call, I think it's imperative that when we walk by, hey, that's a good call. Or during a timeout, hey, that restricted area play, I believe you got right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to help our partner's momentum, and it's going to want your partners to be on the floor with you when when they know that you're supporting them in their momentum. No, I, I like that. And I think that one of the things that we find with momentum is that momentum cannot be created. Okay? You know, mm-hmm. there's – there's no time that somebody a coach just goes into timeout and says, "Okay, guys, we want to come out with all the momentum." Mm-hmm. Okay, well, yeah. that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It can't be artificially mm-hmm. created. Maybe it's a better way of me putting that. Sure. But there are things that a team can do that sets them up well to be able to get momentum, mm-hmm. right? You know, the way they're moving the ball, the way they're taking high quality, high percentage shots, mm-hmm. the way that they're communicating with each other on the floor things like that, that sets them up in a position to be able to gain momentum. Mm -hmm. With us as officials, we need to identify that as well. Mm. You know, okay, man, we don't have momentum right now. Like we feel like it's, I was telling Jeff before we started today, I worked the game last night, was very thankful to be with the crew that I was with uh, because we had shot clock issue after shot clock issue after shot clock issue. We, We fixed the clock well over 20 times. Hmm. Um, and it was, it, I mean, it was just one of those nights where it was work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was work, work, work. And, and the people at the table were doing their best. It's just that that was their best. Mm-hmm. You know, their students weren't back at school yet. It was not the regular people working the table. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just a hard night. And so we knew we were not going to gain any momentum based on the easy flow of the game. Mm-hmm. Right. So at a timeout. We got together and talked about, okay, what are things that we can be doing right now to help the flow of this game in other ways? Since mm-hmm. we, we know we're going to have these constant stops. We know we're going to have that. What are things that, that we can do to be of benefit to this game? And instead of focusing on the things that we couldn't control, mm-hmm. we began to focus on the things that we could control. You know, and you just brought up, you know, there's, there's times when no place happening in my area. So, man, I may have 100% call accuracy that period just because I only had to make one call. Well, right. that's not real difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know what the call was. Yeah, right. But there may be another period where I have 14 calls in my area. I worked the game the other night. We had 10 fouls in one period, and I had nine of them. Mm. And, I mean, I went back. I went back and looked at that film. I'm like, man, was I, was I reaching where I wasn't supposed to reach? Was I doing? No, they just, they were all, and they were all no-brainers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were all simple calls Mm -hmm. but that's just where they happen to show up Mm -hmm. right and so as we begin to look at that idea of momentum 
and how we take that to our games and how we take it to our partners, I think it's really important for us then to also recognize the things that set us up for potential momentum. I want to ask you just to go back with this shot clock or the, sure. it was a shot clock or game clock operator, whatever it was, right? The answer is yes to both. Oh, okay. All right. So let's just assume game clock. And there was multiple times where you had to stop, as you said. Um, so you stop the game, fix the clock, mm-hmm. and then you go on. And then three possessions later, or whatever that was, and, multiple, and then we'd stop the game, fix the clock. Mm-hmm. Did you or did you think about doing this? Same scenario with as we want to build momentum with our partners. Mm-hmm. As you're going by the clock operator and they actually started on time, got a boy, good job. Absolutely. Okay, good. That was a regular part of what we were doing. <laughs> they were they were apologizing, you know, all over themselves mm-hmm. for this day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just reminded them, hey, guys, we're a team in this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I said, we're going to get some right out here and we're going to get some wrong over here. Yeah. And you guys are going to get some right and you're going to get some wrong. And together we'll help balance each other out. Nice. You know, even nice. That, the guy that was at the that was doing this, the scorebook, he was beginning to get a little frustrated with mm. what was going on and all, you know. And so I even went directly to him. I said, hey, look, I, I really need you to be with us on this game. I said, because now you have to protect both sets of us. Yeah, right. You know, you if, if you if we miss a, a clock start, you know, and, and you see it, you let him know. Yeah, yeah poke him. You know, and I said, <laughs> and, if, and if we miss a number or we just whatever, you know, you know mm. help us out with that. And all of a sudden his demeanor changed. Yeah. Instead of just being frustrated with the situation, he now took ownership of, oh, man, I have I have a bigger responsibility here yep. than normal. I, I've said it for years, and I continue to say it. You know, just just in my school, you know, at the school, the, the first thing I do, not within the school, but I think all leaders, good leaders, they empower their people. Mm-hmm. You know, and when they feel empowered to make a decision, like you just did with that scorekeeper, you empowered that scorekeeper to help. That's what people want to do. They feel a sense of worth when they're empowered. And when you do that to that scorekeeper, his his stock just raised. He's like, all right, I'm worth something here. So I'm going to show them that I'm worth it. So I think that's a, a very wise thing to do. Yeah, no, I, I love that. You know, there's a, a thing for me as I look at 2022 that uh, is, is really important to me, as I look at my year, you know, I'm I'm smack dab in the middle of my basketball season. Mm. At the same time, we are literally a month and a half from the start of baseball season. Yeah, I was just thinking the other day. I'm like, I can start baseball practice in six weeks. Yeah, and you know, we have we have NCAA baseball games here be taking place in a month and a half. Mm. We've got Zoom calls kicking off right mm. now. We've got our clinics we're watching and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I'm in that part of of my year where I'm fully focused on basketball. I mean, this is, I have to be at my best at basketball right now because this is where we're, we're deep into conference season. We're heading towards tournaments and postseason and all that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I can't let anything slip mm. there, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I've got to be prepping and preparing for what can be a, a really competitive baseball season in some of the conferences that I work. And then even, you know, moving past that into the, the summer minor league baseball that I work and and all that goes there. So as I look at this part of of my year, sometimes it is so easy to get caught up 
in all that I have to do that I miss out on what I'm doing. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always, what's got to get done later tonight? What's got to get done tomorrow? What's got to get done the day after that and the day after that and the day after that? Because we're always preparing for what's next. Mm. And I am very much a what's next kind of person. Mm. I mean, that's just how I'm wired. Mm -hmm. You know, I like looking forward to the next thing. But the danger of that is that sometimes I just miss the joy of the moment. Mm. And so uh, it kind of ties back. You use the word momentum. I'm going to use the word moment. Mm. For me, in 2022, I want to enjoy the moments. Mm. On the nights when uh, it's a great crew and it's a great game and it feels great, I want to enjoy that moment. Mm -hmm. On nights when it's hard and it's work and it's a struggle even, but then you enjoy that moment at the end of the game where it's like, you know what? We, we did the very best that we could in that moment, in that situation. For me, I really want to enjoy those moments. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the moments on the court or on the field, but sometimes it's the moments of having a conversation with somebody after the game instead of being so worried to get in the car and head to the next place. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Or... You know, I'd love to just veg out in my car for the next 30 minutes and just turn my brain off. Yeah. Right. Or, man, I get to have a conversation with somebody and I just want to enjoy that moment. Yeah. And I, I think it's something for all of us that officiate. I don't care if you're somebody who officiates full time or if you're somebody who works a full time job and officiates part time or sometimes really some people officiate full-time and then work another job part-time. You know, <laughs> right. there's all that kind of weird balance of, sure. of what happens. Um, and, and we have several people right now that are, that are officiating, that, that are officiating at high levels that their job is to go to school. Mm -hmm. You know, they're a college student, a grad student, maybe mm -hmm. that's doing that full-time and, and yet still working college games uh, as well. When, when we have all of that going on, Sometimes it is just so easy to get caught up in the schedule. Uh, I have this, 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 that we just don't take that opportunity to, to breathe and kind of enjoy the moment. So here's what I'm going to ask you, Jeff, to kind of set this up. As you look back on 2021, okay, right? Mm -hmm. What was one great moment that you enjoyed specifically in your officiating in 2021? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's it. In 2021, so are you just saying this first year or can I finish 2021? Anytime, so January to December yeah. 2021. So give, give me, give me a, a great moment. For yeah. You. So I, I'm going to go to the uh, end of the basketball season in 2021. Okay. Um, it was the first year. It's a, it's a great moment and a sad moment at the same time, but it was still it was still pretty good. Um, so we were we were hot in in COVID then, and it was the first year that I actually was selected to work the Missouri Valley tournament and worked it. Mm -hmm. I was selected to work two years ago, but they canceled all postseason. Sure, I, that was my first year being selected, but they canceled all season, so I never got a chance to work it. Fast forward to the 
the end of the basketball season in 2021, I was selected and was and selected to work all the way through the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a great feeling to know that, I, you know, okay, this is, you know, not that it's, it's obviously we all aspire to be, you know, tournament officials, right, in, yeah. some, in some way, shape, or form. Um, but it, you know, I spent a, most of my career working in the Missouri Valley, and I never really worked that tournament, so it was nice to be selected for that. To finish that story, though, when I'm walking in the arena for the semifinals, um, I don't know, I don't know who I was supposed to have. It doesn't make a difference, but one of the teams had some positive cases, and they had enough to play. But the team they were playing didn't want to take a chance, so they went home. So my game was canceled. Mm-hmm. You know, but and then so that that was like like all right, this is the you know. I got it. I got what I wanted, and then still never got a chance to actually finish it. And that doesn't doesn't uh, sadden me. I don't want to say, you know, because I, I was prepared to work it, you know, and it was a great, uh, great facility, great group of people that were there working, um, and it was it was all I expected it to be. So, um, but that was a great moment for me in twenty twenty one. So what was it about that moment that you remember the most? What, what was it about that thing that means the most? If, if all the other stuff was taken away from it, what, what was the one thing? The great moment? Yeah. The great moment for me was when I was, the first time I walked on for the quarterfinal game, I was working with people that I felt coaches, players, officials, all looked at me as this, like, yeah, we expected to see you here. Mm. That that's what I was feeling. Yeah. <laughs> now I don't know if that's what they were feeling. <laughs> but, May not be what they were thinking. Yeah, that's what you were feeling. That's what I was feeling. I was feeling welcomed. I was feeling like, okay, coaches were they had a look on their face like, okay, cool, crosses on the game. Or, you know, players like, oh, it's cross, good, you know. Those kind of things. Cause we all least I do. I noticed, I, you know, I take notice on, on people's reactions when sure. I see them or they see me. So um, that was a great feeling just to like, all right. And if I go backwards even a little bit more, you know, when emails come out probably three weeks prior to that tournament or maybe two weeks, whatever it is, when you've been selected for it, um, there was multiple people on that list that emailed me and say, Hey, congratulations. Welcome to the Valley tournament. You know, those kind of things. So that was a, it was a really good, um, gratifying moment. Um, even, uh, in a way it was like, you just felt a sense of accomplishment Mm -hmm. that maybe you didn't know you were trying for, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like you had said if if I never worked the Missouri Valley tournament, I have failed as an official. Yeah, yeah, I never said that. Yep. But it, you know, it's you know, like, oh, I'd like to work that tournament. Well, yep. Right? We'd like to work every tournament in every league we work. Sure. I Absolutely. think. I mean, I think that's how you, most people would operate. And I didn't lose sleep because I did, wasn't getting this tournament. You know, I was getting other tournaments, so it wasn't like I wasn't working. And then finally, that tournament was added to my schedule, so it was nice. That's very very cool. Yeah. How about you? You know, for me, it was a it, it was a twofer, um, which is cheating a little bit, but that's okay. I run half the podcast, so I can cheat if I want to. <laughs> that's right. You run the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, last year, uh, I've, I've I've been involved with some 
D3 basketball tournaments as a, an alternate and things like that. And so I've, I've been around some, some D3 postseason and stuff. But last year was the first time uh, that I was selected to be on the floor for a D3 conference tournament. Mm. And I got to work all the way through the semifinals, mm -hmm. uh, which was super cool and didn't expect that. Most of the people that were uh, working – uh, that tournament at that level work higher levels at that time than what I worked. And so I, I felt uh, really honored to be in that spot um, and felt uh, I, I felt a lot of gratitude to people that helped me get there. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think in some ways I enjoyed making the calls to other people that have helped me get there more than I enjoyed getting the email saying that, I'd been selected to work yeah, in the tournament. You yeah. know, I mean, that was that was really cool. <clears throat> so that happened, you know, March, you know, good old March Madness basketball, whatever. Well, then I fast forward just a, a few months. And in that exact same conference where I had worked the conference tournament before, but I got to work the plate for the championship game in baseball mm. this was the the if then game mm -hmm. the final game whoever wins this game is going to the national tournament whoever loses this game is going home yeah win or go home you know and uh and and to be behind the dish uh for 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 really what's a a great league and, and by that i don't just mean i mean everybody thinks the leagues they work are great and that mm -hmm. kind of thing but it's it's a league that's that's not only very supportive of its student athletes, but supportive of its officials. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was awesome to be able to say, man, you know, because I, I worked other, I worked other baseball conference tournaments. I worked other baseball conference tournaments that were maybe more prestigious than this one, but it was something that was really neat to be able to say, I was in that moment right there. And, uh, it was, it, it was very, it was very special to me. Because it's like, you know, this is part of the geographical footprint that I'm in. Mm -hmm. And so now, obviously, at some level, there's there's trust of me, mm -hmm. you know, in, in both of these sports that I love working. And uh, and, and I really appreciated that. And, and I think, you know, to then take it one step further, when I look at the people that I got to, to work with, you know, in both of those situations, you know, I, I will remember those conversations probably till the end of my career, mm -hmm. you know, and we've said this before and I, I think it's important here as we, we've talked about momentum and now we're talking about moments. I don't think ultimately what gives us momentum is the moment of the game. Mm -hmm. I think that what gives us momentum in officiating mm -hmm. is the brotherhood and sisterhood of officials that we work with. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are helping prepare us for the moments in those games. And from every official that I have ever talked to who has eventually stepped away from the game, yes, they may remember some of the moments. They remember stepping onto the field for the College World Series. They remember working the big conference tournament. They remember working March Madness. They, they remember all of that. But what they cherish mm. are those relationships. Mm. And so for me, as I look at the moments of this year and wanting to really appreciate the moment, part of that for me is who's a part of the moment. Mm. 
whether it's somebody that I've known for years doing this or whether it's somebody that I just met that night, mm. you know, what, what is it like? And, and how am I going to have stories with that person 20 years from now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when we may or may not be working the game anymore? Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting you say that because, you know, some of the, if I look back at some of the moments in my officiating career, all the way back from, you know, baseball. And I, and I think of the IESA junior high baseball state finals. I was selected to work the finals. Um, I didn't know anybody, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I knew my local umpires and, you know, the selection for that is a little bit different, but I was selected. So, and it's in Peoria, about two hour drive from, from where we live. And I was driving to Peoria in what looked to be like quite a bit of rain Mm -hmm. and got about an hour away. And uh, Steve Ensley, who was then the executive director of the IESA um, in charge of baseball, he calls me and says, hey, Jeff, it's raining. You know, this is like the first time I've ever spoke to him on the phone. Mm. You know, I don't say maybe first time, but very few conversations. And he's like, hey, it's raining. You know, I don't know if we're going to play this game, but if you come and we do cancel and we move it to Saturday and Monday, you know, are you, you could stay at a hotel, you know, we'll pay for the hotel, you know, just give me all the lowdown. And he said, or you can turn around and go home. It's up to you, but we'll pay for your hotel if you want to come. I said, I'm coming. Yeah. Right. I'm coming, you know, and we'll, we'll go from there. Long story short, the game does get rained out on Friday. We play Saturday. I work Saturday. We're off on Sunday. We play the championships on Monday. I stayed that whole weekend, and I got to know Steve Ensley better than I ever thought I was going to, you know, have a relationship with someone in 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 a position of power. Sure, you know, um, and just a great guy and a great time and a, you know just so many great memories hanging out with other umpires too, but. Sure. That weekend, Steve Ensley made a, a major impact on me because of just how he treated me. And, you know, and he didn't have to do those things with me, you know. And we just hung out. We had dinner, you know, and, and it was just a good time. And um, I, I'll remember that moment, and I still do, right? I haven't, oh, I haven't worked baseball in probably 20 years. Yeah. Well, maybe a little bit shorter than that, but uh, seriously, in 20 years. So that's, that's a great moment that I'll have. No, that's that's so great. You know, as we as we look at what it means to be uncommon, mm-hmm. right? And and that's why we set out to to do this podcast is talk about how we are uncommon, not just on the field, on the court, but to be uncommon in our lives. What are the things about what you've learned on the court or for you as a coach, coaching on the baseball field? Mm-hmm. What are the things that you're going to bring to your, I'll call it your everyday life, right? Mm-hmm. That maybe are lessons that you've learned from on the court or on the field that are going to make you uncommon this year. Yeah. Uh, and that's, this is what the answer I'm going to give you is not just this year. It's something that I, I strive for on a day to day basis. And it's one word, composure. Mm-hmm. If officiating has taught me anything, it's taught me composure. And if I've been able to use that composure that I've learned from being on the baseball field or on the basketball court or even in the football field, I've been able to take that into the dugout 
mm-hmm. and spread that to my teammates or you know my, the team. I've been able to take that into my school and spread that to the other teachers I'm around. Um, that is, I believe, a lost art. Composure is a very much a lost art. I understand there's times where you need to elevate for whatever reason, but I believe you can elevate and still keep composure. Mm-hmm. Because when we elevate and we lose our composure, guess what we don't do? We, we don't think clearly. We don't say the right things. Um, so if, if I was to do anything better in 2022, I don't want to be even more composed. Mm. I want, you know, every day, or, you know, I pray every day, but every game day during the national anthem, I do pray, and I pray that I have keen eyesight and composure throughout the whole game. And I pray that for my partners. And I also pray that, you know, everyone involved in the arena does everything, you know, says everything and, and does everything that is glorifying to God. So I pray that all the time. And then sometimes when I feel myself maybe losing a little bit of control, man, that's it. I'm going right back to the prayer again, <laughs> you know. Um, and I think the more we say the things we want to do, the better chance we have of them coming true. Hmm. I like that. You know, it's it's part of that self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, if you walk into a game going, oh, man, it's going to be a rough game tonight, mm-hmm. probably a good chance it's going to be a rough game tonight. Yeah, it will. <laughs> but if you walk in with that different kind of, of mindset, mm-hmm. man, even in, the, even in tough situations, I'm going to stay composed. Mm-hmm. Even if somebody else chooses not to, mm-hmm. I'm going to stay composed. Yep. Uh, and I, I, I think that's that's important for us as officials, no matter the sport that we work. You're right. There are moments that that things have to elevate. There are moments where things can even get heated, mm-hmm. but they can get heated in a professional way mm-hmm. versus in an in unprofessional way, or especially instead of in a disrespectful way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's one of the things that hurts us the most as officials is when we are seen as being disrespectful to others because then it just gives credence to the the disrespect that comes back to us. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we're going to be talking about that just a little bit more in an upcoming uh, episode. But, you know, we, we just always have to hold ourselves to that higher standard. Uh, nobody else is going to do it for us. Think about it. If, if we are able to keep, compete, try it again. If we were able to um, keep our composure at a high level or an elite level, you know, not just excellence. I want to be elite, right, or genius. And I got to recall a rule. I got a better chance of doing it. Mm-hmm. I got to recall a, a a statement back to a coach or a, a something, you know, some sort of answer to a coach. If I'm composed, I got a better chance of that that message being received. It's, it's all there is to it. If I'm if I'm elevated and I send that same I send out those same words, all the person receiving sees is you're not composed. They have no idea what the words are. So, yeah, I want to be better at that. In 2022, 
all the way up to 3032 or 2032 or whatever. I don't think I'm going to make it to 3032. So <laughs> if you do, then you and Walt Disney's frozen head together, you know, they've managed to reanimate you all. That's and, right. And you're still going. You do not want to animate a Jeff Cross. Jeff, Jeff, is, Jeff has said for years that if they'll just approve segues for use on the court, that'll extend his officiating career by another 30 years Truth. or so, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about the knees going bad. It's a whole lot easier to do it. Problem is I don't know if I know how to ride a Segway. I may, I may break my arm. I'm riding a Segway, so. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, that's uh. such good stuff. Um, for me, as I look at the thing that I've learned on the court that, that I want to bring off the court uh, with me, um, it's it's the attention to detail mm. for me. Uh, I am one of those people that a lot of times I am a big picture person. Um, I, I like the big idea. I like moving towards the next goal. I like all that. Um, But I've been very, very fortunate that in my professional life, I've almost always been surrounded by people who are really, really great at the details. So I can come come into a meeting and I say, okay, guys, this is the direction we need to move. And they're immediately the ones telling me uh, how to get from A to Z. Because I know where we're at. I I know where A is. And I know where Z is. I know where to get there. But sometimes I have no clue how to get from A to Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have been forced through officiating to focus on all those little minute details. Mm. You know, whether it's, you know, how many logos are showing when we <laughs> go out there. That's our favorite detail ever right, to, right. to deal with, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Or it's, you know, is there something wrong with the baseball? Because it looks funny coming in and I need to check that and maybe throw it out. Or, you know, if it's it's a rule issue, you know, it's a detailed rule issue. Sometimes just one little teeny tiny thing can take something from being legal to illegal. And in doing that, I think that's, that's something I want to bring. I want to bring that to my home life, recognizing with my spouse and my kids with, okay, this, this detail seems off. How can, how can I help? How can I be better? How can I at least acknowledge and notice, right? Uh, at, my, at my job, you know, how can I help pick up some of the slack and not just expect other people to be the detail people, mm-hmm. but, but how can I do that? And I, I don't know if I hadn't gotten involved in officiating uh, that I would see some of that in the same way. And so I think it's going to make my, I think it's going to make my 2022 more challenging mm. uh, for me, but I also think it's going to make, uh, it's going to make 2022 better for me. I, I'm interested to know, do you say you want to, you know, be better at the details in 2022? Do you think not being good at the details has muffled your advancement or, um, uh, maybe affected the way you're a leader at, at work or things like that. Do you think that's affected that or no? I don't know that it's fully affected it, but what I think it's done is because I've not been, sometimes when you're not focused on the details, you don't understand what it takes for other people to do the work around you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just look and go, hey, I'm going to hand this job to you, right? Oh, that seems like a simple job. No big deal. Not realizing that the details of that job mm. maybe took them 10 hours when I thought it was going to take them two. Sure. So if I have a greater understanding of that in the in the life of people around me, that's going to make me a better leader. So what I'm hearing is 
Not that you're going to be more detailed. You're just going to be aware of the details. So when, because you're, I feel like I'm hearing you're still going to operate the same way. You know, you get in a meeting, you got four people that know all the details and you say, I want to get the Z and then boom, they start shooting them out. You want to be more cognizant of the details that it's going to take. So I won't reach out to you in two hours to go, how's that coming? I'll reach out to you in 24 hours and say, how's that coming? Absolutely. And it also means that there are times when I may actually want to jump in Mm -hmm. and participate with. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I have to, to do it all or, or right. whatever, but so that they understand, um, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in a little bit of a perspective for you. Um, I served a, a church in central Illinois. And uh, for those of you that don't know, my, my day job is that I'm a, I'm a pastor mm-hmm. uh, at a church. And uh, I, was, I was at a church in central Illinois, a, a kind of rural setting. And I... Uh, it, it was a it was a growing church. We were hiring staff. Had a lot of things that were happening, and I began to look back and say, you know, I need to find a way to to serve people in my church because I do a lot of leading, and from from my faith background, you know, servant leadership is is huge, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to be able to do that. And so I kept trying to figure out like what would be the best way to do it. Well, I had a ton of farmers in my church. I mean, a ton of farmers, and they were up early doing stuff all the time. And so I started this deal where I did this early morning prayer breakfast mm. thing, right? And I got there an hour, hour and a half before everybody else, which was already too early in the morning. For anybody that knows me well, <laughs> yeah. I normally was going to sleep at the time I was getting up to, to cook this breakfast. Right. I am a night owl uh, to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so like this, this was a sacrifice for me. And I would get up super, super early in the morning and I would go in and I would cook the scrambled eggs and the sausage and the bacon and the uh, hash browns and the pancakes and the, all that kind of stuff. And so then when these guys started trickling in, sometimes 30 minutes before the breakfast was technically supposed to start. Because they're early, they're right. such early people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, would, I would come in and I would, and I would do that just as a way of saying... I mean, I appreciate all that you guys do so much. This mm-hmm. is just one little small way that I can serve one portion of my church. And it wasn't just farmers that came to it. We had all sorts of people, you know, that came. But the reason we chose the time that we did is because those guys, I mean, they had to feed the cows and they had to be doing the stuff, and especially during harvest time. Things were crazy or whatever. And to me, that really helped me understand that uh, even if something wasn't necessarily my strength, mm-hmm. I didn't have to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't get up and do that seven days a week. Mm-hmm, right. You know, that, that wasn't even the best use of my time and abilities as a leader. Mm-hmm. But it was a way for me to show the people that I I want to serve at the same time that I lead. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, we need to be doing that in our families. I think we need to be doing that in our jobs. I definitely think we need to be doing it within our officiating community. Yeah. You know, um, if, if all I ever do as a crew chief is come in and lead, mm-hmm. probably not going to pull many people along with me. Right. But if I serve them, you know, man, I don't know. I don't know how to clip Chad. Well, hey, let's let's figure out how to do this. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk this through. So. I think. If we go, if we try and relate this to officiating, if we talk about, 
you know, as you said, clipping, but you know, let's just say uh, maybe understanding rule 10 mm-hmm. or whatever that might be, right? And, and if we're going to talk about basketball, I need to understand the details that it takes for Chad Ozy to understand rule 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can't just say, hey, you got to learn rule 10. You got to know rule 10 forward and backwards. And if I want to really help the next person, I need to understand that the details it's going to take for that person to learn it because I know what it took for me to learn it. And maybe it didn't take as much detailed work because it came to me easier. Mm-hmm. But a guy like Chad Ozzy's got to take, you know, copious notes and, you know, do highlights and sticker notes and all those things. And, and I'm okay with that as long as I understand the details that you're going to put into it. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean you'll know them any more than I know them, but I got to understand the details that, that, that people have to go through in order to process things. Same thing with misplays or uh, maybe getting to games or whatever it is. You know, I think we lose track of that because we just assume that everyone does it the way we do it. Mm-hmm. I, I remember having some conversations this year with some, you know random officials, and you know I'm like, yeah, I'm on my way to a game. Well, what time's your game? Um, it's six o'clock, and you're on the road already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you probably don't under, but this is how I, this is the detail that I go through to get to a game. You may not do that. And, I, and I'm okay with that, but this is the detail that I have to go through. And it, it's, I could hear the questions and I can hear, you know, almost the gears grinding going, why are, why is Jeff leaving at this time? And, uh, you know, even, you know, my wife said to me this morning, I said, you know, I told her, I'm still a little tired. You know, I could, it wouldn't bother me to sleep a couple hours. She goes, well, you can. I said, well, I can't, <laughs> you know, yeah. because the process of me getting ready for my game is not going to be taking a two-hour nap on game day. It's just not something I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I am mentally, you know, building momentum yeah. for the 6 p.m. tip, and that starts when I get up in the morning at 6 a.m. So, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Well, it's no different than, you know, as a coach, if if you coach – all of your players the same way, mm-hmm. you're going to have very different results. Yep. Because every player is different. Mm-hmm. Within the world of officiating, we are all different. We all bring different strengths and weaknesses to the table. And so uh, as as we look towards 2022, there's there's a few words that I've, I've seen here, Jeff, and I'm, I'm just going to hit them and then we'll... Uh, We'll wrap this up and uh, let people get ready for their their weekend game that mm-hmm. they've got this weekend. But uh, first of all, this idea of momentum. Mm-hmm. You know, how in 2022 can you look at building momentum in your officiating career? You know, maybe that's camps that you're going to hit this summer. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's fitness that you're going to pick up. Maybe that's better rules knowledge. Whatever. Uh, maybe it's it's in game momentum. You know how do you how do you begin to turn things in the midst of a game and have Big Mo join your team? Mm-hmm. Uh, while at the same time we're worried about the momentum, but there's also the moment. You know, are you enjoying the moments when they when they happen? Uh, are you are you finding composure? Mm-hmm. You know, and are you sharing that in a world that is without composure right now? Yep. I mean, let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to walk down that rabbit trail right now, but our mm-hmm. world cares very little about composure. And yet that's something that's just paramount to what we do as officials. And then this idea of, of servant leadership, how can we serve those around us? Um, not because we have to, not because it's our job, 
but because uh, that's the kind of people we want to be mm-hmm. as we serve others. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to a great 2022. I know that everybody around us is worried. What's 2022 going to bring? I just had my first COVID casualty game of 2022 for <laughs> yeah. this Saturday. Yeah, I know you've had games already canceled this mm-hmm. year because of it. And you know, a lot of us were thinking that this was going to be a breeze and we were going to get through it this year. And then others of us thought, nah, I don't know, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be another rough one. And it looks like it's going to be another rough one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to require us to maintain composure. Maintain composure. That's exactly yeah. right. Yep. And so uh, we hope... Uh, that you choose to be uncommon in the way that you pursue success. Uh, We hope that this conversation today is something that maybe just gets you thinking about what are the things that you want for 2022? As you look at, um, as you look at your officiating, whether it's baseball, basketball, softball, football, whatever, whatever sport you're working this year, um, what's, what's going to make 2022 different than 2021? And how are you going to be able to celebrate those moments later? Yeah, anything else for us today, Jeff? I do not. I think um, I, I'm going to ask everyone who's listening because I'm always trying to develop my, you know, my inner game. Uh, and if you know some books, you know some podcasts, you know some YouTube people that really uh, teach and, and help people understand composure and how it affects things. Don't be afraid to email the Uncommon Drive Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. <laughs> and uh, if you would also do us a huge favor, uh, if you would rate us, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts, but if you listen to Spotify, Amazon, wherever, anytime you give us a rating and especially write a review, super helpful to us. We've heard from a lot of you over these last couple of weeks, We've gotten some really great emails and texts, mm-hmm. and we appreciate that. That keeps us going. Uh, with what we do, but the greatest thing that you could do, even on top of those reviews and those uh, ratings, is just simply share by word of mouth. Yeah, uh, I was with an official last night that was like actively looking for stuff to listen to, and my partner's like, "Well, have you been listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast?" It's <laughs> <laughs> like this is kind of surreal, right? Here. Yeah, uh, but no, it was it was awesome and uh, connected them up. So. Uh, hopefully this is helpful to you. And if you feel like it's helpful to you, maybe it could be helpful to somebody else. Truth. You all have a great, great weekend and uh, be uncommon. See y'all later. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.